welcome back to another dazzling edition of Inspire AD. We are your hosts. I am Max Meehan, and across from me sits the venerable Justin Bissonette. And I am Biss, if you have never listened to this podcast before. <laughs> the joke is funny last time. No, it's beating, beating a dead, dead horse, horse now. No, yeah. uh, he's already dead. <laughs> um, all right, well, we're back with another episode, and this time we are fixating on the event known as Tag Cave, usually one of the stupidest titles that I've ever come up with, and I am fucking proud of that. Yes. Um, I always worked to come up with really dumb titles that I knew would make the other guys wince. This was one of them. It's really obviously a novice to arcade, but focusing on tag teams. Uh, this was a really unique show in our had never been done before has never been done since um like Kiefer Bartek still talks to me about this show yeah like it's you know it's weird how it's kind of got a history of its own I've, I've actually talked to Kiefer about doing an interpromotional uh event that has tag teams yeah from each company competing to to kind of crown a interpromotional you know champion yeah uh something that would span various companies but of course you know because of the way things are in the world we really haven't had a chance to investigate or plan any further but uh you know god you know what can we just talk about how great Kiefer is Kiefer is amazing I, yeah I, we could do a whole hour on how much yeah. i love Kiefer yeah. but he's and he's also he's also one of those guys that i would probably put in the camp of legit badasses in wrestling yeah. there are not many <laughs> of them but like Kiefer is like one of those guys that i would not fuck with um, but yeah, that dude, that dude is great. He has a great mind and I am endlessly impressed as I kind of watch companies from afar. I think a lot of people don't think that I pay attention. I pay fucking attention. That's no. why I hate everything. Um, <laughs> but I think, I think that what he does, uh, with his company is, is phenomenal. Um, that there was another company that I, I mean, we, we have a, kin, we have a kinship with, you know, heavy yeah. metal with sabotage, <clears throat> but I think, I think his, his company is, is one that I, I pay attention to exclusively, and I think creatively they're doing a lot of really good stuff. Yeah. The booking is good. I'll really put over how well that they have done with not traditional towns and and, and then getting their, their content out there is really cool. I also love Kiefer is just a cop. He doesn't tolerate bullshit in yeah. much the same way that we do not. Yes, yes. Uh, and then if we're going to give love to the family, we have to love everybody. Lucha Brutal, we love to death as well. Yes, Ro we is yeah. Ro is awesome, and Ro is just such a sweetheart. Yeah. yeah, he is. Great guy, man. I'd love to get to, up to one of those shows at some point. Yeah, it just looks so colorful and, and fun. Um, I really, and wrestling can be fun. Yes. Often, wrestling is just not very fun. <laughs> it's like what I call the the toxic pervasiveness of, of MMA fucking up a lot oh, of shit for, for many many people come on man leave my dumb jock wrestling alone there's there's a place wrestling is for everybody it is and you can have just it. not for one set of people right yeah i know yeah. but but i'm not saying that it doesn't have a place i'm yeah. just saying that you can't just have that you know there has to be yes. there, there, you need you need to have when, many many flavors on the planet yeah when it when it's bright and colorful and you have every color involved like it's a great thing isn't wrestling, it wrestling really is a rainbow yes guys. yes <laughs> Anyway, so the concept behind this uh, this show was to present a one-night tournament, which I know a lot of people really love. They love one-night tournaments. To crown a new set of champions, or tag team champions. They were known as the Twin Dragon Connection Champions. And this was also something that I thought creatively was, was pretty awesome. 
it was very different. So you had two title belts, two different colors. You had the, the blue dragon belt and the red dragon belt. And what was unique about these belts was that they could also be defended singularly. If the blue champion wanted to defend his title, he could defend it in, uh, in singles action. And what really made this interesting to me was that it's hard to keep tag teams together. And I thought that this really allowed for the potential for partnerships that had friction. If someone disappeared, we could switch the title and tell a story with that. And so it wasn't just me doing something weird. There was actually some pragmatism to it. It made sense for a lot of reasons. And also, I'd just never seen it. Yeah, It, it was something I was a little uneasy with to begin with. But it's been a creative device that's saved our ass on a few occasions. Yeah. Um, so, and it's led to some really fun stuff as well. And, and, in a, and, and a thing that people say so often, oh, it's all been done before. This was something that hadn't been done. And it, and it really did serve a purpose. I am always thinking long term. I'm a guy that loves it when shit falls apart. And this was definitely one of my fail safes yeah. in terms of just seeing how oftentimes tag teams just don't fucking work out, man. Uh, and uh, I was really excited by this. Uh, leading into the show, <laughs> we were waiting for the tag belts themselves <laughs> to show up. And I think every show, we waited for the belts to show up. Like yeah. Leading up to this, we were like, okay, are the belts here yet? And then I think, you know, Palmer would kind of go, yeah, no, I didn't get them. Or, yeah. or, or Josh would go, no, they, they aren't finished yet. And I was starting to get really annoyed. Um, you know, the plates look good. Uh, I will say that when we eventually got the belts, they, they kind of look grotesque. Like yeah. you could tell, you could tell that very little effort was put into these. And I wondered how and why he dragged his feet so hard in getting them back to us. It's not like we waited forever and then just like, like sprung rubbery ones. Cause they were so gorgeous. Yeah. We got them and we're just kind of like, eh, but they looked good. They looked good. Yeah. Like so, from afar. So to, to kind of, pull the curtain back on belt making. Um, so usually there's, there's some, some folks in um, Pakistan, you can get the plates done. You know, it's, it's kind of, um, you have to get these metal plates customly done. And then those ship back to you in America. And the leather work is usually done over here. Right. Um, so the, the plates are metal plates that are screwed and tightened into the leather and, you know, so the plates look amazing, right? The plates are awesome, but the leatherwork sucks, man. That that was what really was kind of missing. And then once you have the leatherwork done, you put a soft backing on the belt. That backing was not done. It just wasn't there. So you basically have the hardware of the plates on leather, and that's that's what was given to us. So that's sort of why we, we stopped using the uh, that belt company. Yeah, he was also an asshole. Like really, really stuck up his own ass. Like seriously, there are very few people that I would beat the shit out of. But like his attitude and just him, like he talks shit on me directly. I think if I ever see this guy, I'm putting my fucking Nike up his fucking bitch ass. I hate that guy. And and this, I don't. You don't hear me yeah. say that. You hear me speak salty like a lot. But the fact I remember he just said like. I think he like talked shit on the company and said I was like a nobody and I had no place talking. I was like, motherfucker, you run a business, you know, yeah. and you failed. And I wasn't even rude about it. I just said, man, this is really disappointing. I wish you had gotten these really pivotal props done for this big show that we've been promoting. Was that what it was? Was it 
frustration because we asked him to actually do what was asked. Yeah, we, was that what it also, he came from? Paid, man. Yeah, you know, it was like he's dragging his feet. It's like maybe up north in Dallas, y'all fucking jerk off and don't do your shit right, but this isn't fucking Dallas. Well, I mean, the Great Depression mask, you know, that teaches us to do business with folks in Dallas. That was unorthodox, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they they didn't finish their their shit either, you know. Um, but yeah, we thank we got something. We got belts that we could present, so yeah. that was a good deal. <clears throat> So, uh, some, some other interesting things going into the show. By this point, uh, it was clear that we probably weren't going to be working with Franco anymore. And I could tell that Franco was unhappy. There were a lot of things that were very strange about his time with us. Uh, for one, uh, Samantha Ann, who was his valet, yeah. he had asked us to kind of plug her into um, the team with, uh, with Matt and... Uh, and and Franco, I wasn't really I wasn't really stoked on the idea of valets. I really didn't think that they had much value. Um, I'm very I'm very cautious about putting non wrestlers in, you know, positions like this. Yeah. You know where where they're kind of like part you know, non they're not really adding anything. You know, not to say that Samantha didn't add something. Yeah. She you know I really enjoyed her being around, but yeah. I was also very wary of including her because. There was a romantic connection between her and Franco. And you know what? As things want to do, they go wrong. Yeah. And when that happens, you have to just kind of go, oh, like you, but sorry, bye-bye, you know, like to somebody. You yeah. don't know who. Uh, Samantha also was, I believe, previously attached to Ray Rowe. Yeah, she was Ray's wife. Yeah, she was Ray's wife. And uh, things didn't work out between them. And then things kind of, you know, you've got another guy, you know, with her at that point. And yeah. You know, I don't really know the the, the the ins and outs of that relationship, but I, to me, it didn't really make me entirely comfortable. As yeah, as no, no, it, okay. it was a weird, I mean, and they were fairly public about it. I think a lot of people kind of yeah. that were around know that, right? So, yeah, it was just, it was a strange situation to be in. And Samantha, you know, Samantha was trained up in Cleveland and as a manager, she added stuff, but I just... It wasn't a good fit for Inspire. No. It was somebody that we originally, when we first started doing stuff with her, we we wanted to work with her because she was a sweet person, but it just wasn't a good fit. Yeah. And then, you know, I'll, I'll be honest. Um, during those shows, there were money problems. You know, there were times where we had to, hey, I'll pay you back in a, a couple months. And sh- she was... You know, she, she was a manager, so she was down on the, the payroll, right? Um, so I, I came to her a few times in a row and was like, hey, I'm going to have to pay you next time. And, you know, obviously that was an issue. And she's like, this is three times in a row you've come to me. So that there was friction there. And, you know, it just became it became a deal where we, we started working because we liked each other. And, it you know, it, oh, oh, it didn't it didn't go the way that anyone really thought that it could have gone. And in, in, uh, as you can say that someone has is value added to something, right? But it doesn't necessarily mean that they draw. Yeah. And to me, I have a tremendous problem with paying people something when I don't think they necessarily like sell a ticket. You know yeah. what I mean? Because that's, that's really the way it goes. And I think that that mentality of mine stems from working at a, a music venue for so long, you know? Like... You sit there and you cut heads at the door and you know who's 
coming to see what, especially when you're watching the crowd, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't think that there were, and I don't mean to be offensive here, because yeah. I think she was great, and I loved having her around, and I didn't know that we had actually had money problems with her, yeah. but I don't, I don't, I can't necessarily say that there were, like, Samantha and Mark showing up <laughs> like, yeah. at the door, you know? Yeah. Um, it's kind of like when, it's similar to when people, there have been people who uh, come to us from out of state and go, hey, brother, I can do this for a plane ticket, and I'm like... <laughs> uh, yeah, the the guy you always get the guy from like Nebraska, right? Yeah. That's doing the Irish gimmick, right? <laughs> like, hey man, I'm just trying to get my name out there. Like, can you fly me in? Like, no, like <laughs> no one's going to pay to see you. Like, that's we have to recoup. That's the you know, well, and that's the bitch of it. Everyone talks about treating it like a business, but like very little people actually treat it like a business. They don't. Un- they don't understand. It's like. Yeah. It just, oh, well, I've made the decision. I'm going to get my name out there. So now everyone should bring me in. So, okay, we had we had Palmer, and we were approaching this tag tournament, and uh, he didn't have a partner, and there really wasn't anybody that made sense to kind of pair him with at that point. Yeah. But at the same time, Dalton was really kind of being appreciated by the, the audience in, in a way because people were seeing that, he was a great wrestler. Um, and even though he was a shit heel and a jerk and, you know, as a character, people appreciated the fact that when he was in the ring, he was going to be entertaining as hell. And I think that for for most people that go out there, even if they're working, you know, a certain style, if they're dynamic, if they're exciting to watch, people are going to slowly view them as reliable in terms of being entertaining. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so people were starting to cheer Dalton at this point. I, I think we hit, we had hit the peak of his heel run, right? Mm-hmm. And this was really a let, let's just go into it because it's going to be the the story of the show, right? This was if we were going to pull the trigger on turning him face, this was our this was the apex, right? So many times you see people they have they have lightning in a bottle, mm-hmm. and it's just kind of like wobbling on the shelf. And they don't grab it, and it hits the floor. I think you see that a lot in WWE, where they have something that they could really, yeah. they could really, you know, jump on, and they don't. They play, they like milk it, and then it becomes obvious and not cool. Yeah, you, know? you, you miss the shot. Right? Yeah, and we knew that this was probably time, and so my idea <laughs> was to create an unlikely pairing i'm not going to go into this right now but but i wanted to play off of what we had going on with dalton with him being received by fans as somebody that they were starting to cheer but also the fact that there was this weird void with a guy that dalton had been really violently at odds with yeah and i think this show uh there's a big theme of uh the lengths people will go to to get revenge yeah and also how your 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 you know the enemy uh the the enemy of your enemy is your friend. Yes. Um, yeah. But uh, anyway, uh, oh, also there's there we have a few debuts here that are a little problematic that we'll get into as well. Uh, so let's go let's go let's go into tag Cade. Um, the first the first match on the card uh, was <laughs> one that uh, I knew was going to be a lot of fun. Yes. And I knew that it was something that would get people up and 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 really having a blast. Yeah. Uh, so. And, good good use of word (laughs) um so this is this is again kind of like a curveball thing right because obviously originally we would have wanted to use the submission squad um 
Pierre Abernathy had a really bad back and hip injury. It was just chronic injury, right, that would flare up. So this was another example where he was, you know, he was not sure if he was going to be able to wrestle anymore. driving down. I do want to say, though, that um, Pierre has infinite value even beyond just being a wrestler. I think that Biss would agree with me when I say that there is probably no better backstage guy. Oh, no, not at all. He should yeah. be working he, for, for somebody very, very big right now yeah. on a bigger scale. He is, I think he's done amazing things yeah. with St. Louis Anarchy, but also just as a guy who is a people person. Um, he's he's a sharp, he's sharp as a tack, man. Yeah. I wish I got to spend more time with him and talk to him, but I always kind of gravitated toward him and just tried to hang out with him when he was backstage. But yeah, I think even the drive at this point was kind of physically difficult, you know? Um, yeah. And he's a guy who I personally have asked advice of and, and looked and kept an eye on what he's doing for sure. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, yeah, he was pretty banged up at this time. So we have Evan Gelestico, his tag team partner, um, and he uh, he challenges Keith Lee, who's in basically street clothes at the start of the, the yeah. show, right, and is drinking his Sonic Blast. <laughs> you remember this? <laughs> he's, he's, and Evan's like calling him out and he's like but i'm drinking my blast (laughs) (laughs) right so you know they get into the match and at some point they brawl to the outside and i think evan hits keith with the blast and then that pisses keith off and he hulks up and eventually keith puts away um the rather annoying evan gelestico but it's a great it's a great funny moment it gets people into the spirit of our shows yeah if you're not a subscriber to the um, High Spots Network, I I can't recommend enough to go uh, sign up, number one, and watch all the Inspire shows front to back multiple times so that we get that money. <laughs> but after you've done that, <laughs> after you've done that, check out the, the bestie interviews with any of the other St. Louis guys so that you can kind of get a feel for these guys' personalities and just just how incredibly entertaining and fun to be around they are. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, we had, uh, this is essentially the debut of uh, Controversy. Yeah, right? as a tag team, yeah. yeah. Uh, Davey Vega and Tim Storm, who are the uh, stable mates, along with Andy Dalton and Dirty. I think they're just simply called Dirty. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this was, this was the, we also had the Pump Patrol here. Uh, Delilah Doom and Jessica James were also in... Uh, and, yeah, and here is a kind kind of a twist on that Angelus Doom thing that we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, we had the orphans, DG and Zach Taylor, and uh, Sky De La Cromosa was hanging around at this point. I don't know if he was in the match. Uh, yeah, I then, think that's a typo. I don't yeah. think he was actually in there. Okay, well, I think he was there. He the he was. I think he was just kind yeah. of. A, and then of course, Depression and the Hollywood Strangler were uh, were in this match now. Yeah. Uh, going and and of course Vega and and, and Storm uh, pro, uh, pro, progress from this quarterfinal gauntlet match. The one thing we do need to touch on too. This was the week before Fun 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 Fest. Yes. So you got to also understand that this was probably like this. This really stretched us thin. Yes. Because we were getting ready to do three back to back shows out at Fun 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 Fest, and we were just we were like. And we were. This was a huge show, and we were really getting killed here. So, yeah. um, this, <laughs> I, I just, I'm thinking about the depression because this was this was the last show uh, for a little bit that we saw depression on. Depression, uh, we'll get into it later. Had some issues physically. Yeah. Um, anyway, 
yeah, this was this was his last moment for a while. Yeah, it might have even been the last moment for the Hollywood Strangler for. Is this was this his out? It, this out might for, be his out as okay, well, yeah. unless there's some fun, fun, fun stuff. So there was some fun, fun, fun stuff, but I don't really count it as part yeah. of our events, you know. So, but this was a gauntlet match. Uh, Vega and Tim Storm uh, win, so they advance in the tournament, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And this is kind of, you know, it's it's a, it's more than an eight team tournament, obviously with the gauntlet match, but this kind of lets us get the extra teams in, gives us the flexibility because we had and a very entertaining match, and of course we just we really need to put over Vega and Tim and just how well they gelled together, yeah, and how over they were. Uh, yeah right away <laughs> just their mic work was great too what um they called what did they call each other didn't didn't like davy refer to tim as timothy yes uh yes and and it wasn't it wasn't davy davy tiberius vega yes. or something yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and when anybody referred to each other when anybody would refer to them by their middle names davy would fucking lose it yeah and, and like get really violent um but then referring to themselves by their complete surnames <laughs> that were total bullshit was was fantastic. They were very very funny together, but also just so good in the ring, man. And they could shift between different styles. That's that's why they worked so well together. And uh, I will say that after this 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 whole show, when Dalton had really shit all over the idea, and a bunch of other people had said this is a really weird off pairing. Yeah, a lot of people came up to me and said I was wrong. And yeah, the, yeah, so controversy. One of my favorite, if not my favorite, tag team in in uh, Inspire Pro. Yeah, they, an original. They worked out. Yeah, it, that was the thing, man. There's part of me that is happy it was only an Inspire thing, but then also like it would have been great for other areas to see how great they were together. Yeah. You know? So uh, another tag team that we thought were was going to go uh, a lot of places. Uh, Terrell Tempo and the young blue chipper Donovan Danhausen as the princes of the universe. Yes, the princes of the universe, and uh, they went up against Jojo Bravo and Cherry Moans. Donovan was kind of a kind of a surprise, I believe. Uh, we brought him in, and, and he uh, revealed him to himself to be part of the the new movement. Yeah, um, along with Terrell, like they yeah. were kind of like an acquisition. Yeah. So the the deal was is that. Um, True had agreed to sell the contract of Cherry to Nigel. And we can get into some more crazy, stupid shit in the background of this. But um, Cherry's contract was sold to Nigel. True then took the money from the contract and uh, acquired this tag team. Mm -hmm. You know, and put the money into making them stars. Yeah, it's very baseball manager-y. That's kind of like what we we saw this, this whole... We were building toward... This thing where True and uh, where True and and Nigel would really kind of start to butt heads and be more competitive as managers with their with their quote unquote baseball teams. Yeah, and what I really enjoy, yeah, and True True was a big sports fan, mm-hmm. right? And what I I agreed with him on was like, look, if my job is actually to be a manager, like it shouldn't be that I'm this like evil corporate. I should be like a fucking baseball manager, right? I should be making deals and trying to improve my team. So the idea of tapping into that, I thought was really cool. And very Heenan-like. Yeah. Heenan, Heenan was very much like that. He was like, yeah. you know, always in, like on the phone and investing in, <laughs> and, and acquiring uh, heavy hitters, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we, we, we definitely saw this going somewhere big. Um, Donovan was someone who was kind of in flux at the time, too. 
Uh, Donovan has actually gone on to some pretty stellar stuff. Yeah. Uh, if you yeah. want to go into that. It's pretty... Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he is Danhausen. Yeah, you know? Danhausen. Like, I think... I, th- I think I read where he just signed a Ring of Honor contract, so oh, that's well. pretty cool. That's awesome, man. Um, if that's if that's indeed factual, I'll have to to double check on it. But I know it was at least alluded to. Yeah, I, he's a guy that I really like being around. I'm a film I'm a film dork, and Donovan is one of those guys, and you can see it in his in, in his gimmick and what he's kind of built around himself. Like he really has an ardent love for a lot of the things that I love, and man, if I, I really enjoy talking to him. Um, He's 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 still a great guy and a guy I really enjoy uh, keeping keeping up with even now. Um, anyway, uh, Donovan and Tempo uh, go over on Sherry and JoJo, much to the consternation of uh, our friend Nigel. You yeah. said that there were some things. Oh yeah. So Nigel took this as basically him being true stooge, mm-hmm. and like like started to get very upset that he was not he was always one short to true like this was the start of that um and i think that it led to it led to us parting ways shortly after this event well it wasn't that was necessary that wasn't necessarily it but that was a part of it yeah um the thing that was the nail in the coffin for me was when Nigel did a tour of, I believe, India. Yes. And he came back. People have asked me, like, what happened? Oh, yeah, yeah. So he comes back from India. This set the table for this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he, he comes back from India, and he increases his uh, his rate by... Do you know what the numbers were? Like, you don't have to give it exactly, but it was it was much higher. Yeah, it, and it was already at a, a level that I did not think that we were getting return on our investment. Yeah. And, and then, then he wanted more. Yeah, and the thing is, is that I don't give a fuck where you go. Like, do you really think that because you go work in India that you suddenly come back? Like, what acumen did you improve over there that's going to help me draw people in, you know? And also, nobody in our crowd or in the surrounding Austin area gives a fuck about some bumfuck promotion in India. No one cares, you know? That sounds really callous, but yeah. at the end of the day, the fact that he asked for more money to me was flat out insulting because guess what, man? We weren't like we weren't like 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 shooting money out of our ass like a fucking ATM with a crack in it. That's yeah. not the way that shit worked. We were we were constantly struggling and paying out of pocket to do these shows, you know? And so I felt like there was just no sympathy or love at that point. And yeah, things were not exactly how we wanted them to be, but sometimes you just kind of got to roll with it and do the best with what you're given. That's what I think really makes somebody a professional. Um, I think we could have continued to do some really cool stuff, but that's just not the way it worked. Yep. Anyway, uh, we go into the next match, uh, which really kind of starts the, the ma- a major arc yeah. in, in, on, the, on this card where uh, Palmer, obviously, with Sans uh, Franco, D'Angelo, his constant tag team partner before this, is still in the tag tournament even though it's just him. Yeah. And he, uh, he is going up against the unholy complex of Gregory James and Jason Silver. Yeah, but this was supposed to be House of Wolves. And I think this, oh, this is it. This was the show where House of Wolves was not able to make it um, because they they both worked for the same company mm-hmm. and their schedules had changed. So we had built up these fucking guys, right, for this this big tag tournament, and now all of a sudden they can't work. They can't wrestle on Sundays. 
Yeah. And it's like, holy shit, what they, the fuck? They also hadn't been there. Uh, they hadn't been in the company for a while. Like, them coming back, though, mm-hmm. because there had been an absence. Yeah. As they say, absence makes the heart grow fonder. A lot of fans are really excited to see yeah. them come back. And, of course, we were actually going to be doing a big spot with them at the end of the car to really kind of launch them into a, a certain spot. Um, yeah. But that didn't happen. And so we introduced... Um, Gregory James and Jason Silver. And I've got to, at this point, talk about something that is really major. Um, So the promo that we cut the previous show where we name dropped Darren, there were some talks that I was actually having with Ricky and I was trying to actually, at this point, broker Darren Childs to come and make appearances on our cards. And this is an angle that I really need to talk about because I think it shows how we were really eager to bury the hatchet and do some fun stuff. Um, I really wanted to do this angle where we would start to kind of see some of the guys that were working on ACW cards uh, come in and start having matches with us. And Greg James had kind of disappeared and had gone back to ACW for a little bit. And, of course, Jason Silver was a guy that I didn't necessarily get along with. Yeah. Um, There was history there. Yeah, there was history. Uh, I I hassled him, and you know a lot of the time I used to hassle him when I'd see him at ACW shows, and you know there was really no genuine animosity, but sometimes uh, well, people take that shit to heart. You know? Other than him spitting on you. Oh yeah, he did spit <laughs> yeah. on me. Fuck, I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah, he got spit on me, and he didn't get any sort of punishment for it. In fact, he came back the next show and got like a championship match or some shit. Uh, anyway, yeah, fuck him, man. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, he, so he also he also tried to like apologize to you and did a horrible job. If horrible I job, yeah. Which is what like you never to, to me, especially heels heels. You never apologize because you're gonna do a shitty fucking job. Yeah, you let somebody from the company fucking handle it, right? Um, but no, he had to go out of his way and try to fix it on his own. Um, yeah, so because I was wrapped up in, in yeah in trying to handle it for him. Any anyway, let's let's go into this yeah. uh, the storyline that was uh, it just was never meant to be, but I thought it would have been a really fucking cool storyline. I wanted to bring in Darren, and at this point, I think it's safe to say that uh, we were the forerunner company in Austin. Yeah, and, at this point, and, easily. But I still I still think that at this point, a lot of people realize that there was room for two companies. Mm-hmm. We weren't hurting them; they weren't hurting us, and. When Ricky came out with the ACW belt, that was this, you know, again, I was after that point in time working hard to repair things or play off of things that had occurred that pissed me off or, you know, make them make sense. And I thought Ricky coming out with the ACW belt was something that, hmm, maybe there's something here. Yeah. And then we go into the fact that I'm thinking, what if we did an angle where Darren kind of unceremoniously showed up at one of our shows and we kind of built to an Inspire Pro Championship title match where Darren is built up to be one of Ricky's uh, uh, Ricky's adversaries in yep. the company. And um, but before that, we would lead up to it by introducing Greg and Jason and a few other people that were mainstays over there. I really loved this idea of kind of doing an invasion angle, and I pitched it. And I remember. Darren going on social media and revealing that this was something that I had pitched to people and saying, wow, what a crappy 90s idea, which is hilarious 
says the guy that loves all the fucking raw <laughs> gang war shit. Um, but yeah, I thought it would have been a phenomenal idea and a phenomenal match and really helped to get, you know, to repair bridges. Yeah. To bury hatchets. And, and that sure. was... We didn't want to, like, bring him in and pants him. No. We wanted to actually book him in a in an in a angle that made him look cool and that made us look good and actually really got Ricky over because that's the point at the end of the day. Yeah. He, here's the deal. CGW Ring of Honor was an invasion angle done right, and it got over, like, fucking crazy, and it created fucking stars. So they've, there's been invasion angles for as long as there's been fucking different wrestling territories. So... It's just, it's just incredibly frustrating. Um, yeah. But yeah, there there was always the idea that there was money there. There was yeah. money to explore that if we could have, you know, if egos could have been set aside and it never was. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, Palmer manages to, to get over. It makes him, it's, it's almost like a play on the whole like Steve-O yeah. thing where Matt gets over and in spite of the fact that he's going up against two guys, you know. But he does, and he gets over, and it kind of plants a seed where uh, this this tag team, the Unholy Complex, you know, uh, develops a beef uh, with him. Yeah. Um, interestingly enough, this was another situation where Greg came to us with a tag team partner that he wanted to work with. Yep. He came to us with the Unholy Complex idea, and this was just not to be. There no. would be more problems with Greg yeah. and Jason, and... Uh, that, I think that, that was like ultimately what made me go, man, fuck you, Greg. I like you, but fuck you, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's the thing is like a lot of people will go, I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. Yeah. And then you do it and it just doesn't work. Yeah. You know, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't let the kids eat candy every day. So. <laughs> and uh, Sky was, uh, wrapped in with these guys too. Yeah. At this point. Um, we go from that into, uh, rain and shine. Rain, Alex, or, rain or shine. Rain or shine. Um, we're giving Scotty another shot here. Yeah, taking on Barrett Brown and Scotty Santiago. Uh, so we kind of continue that that storyline of, of the world class syndicate versus you know Dell and these guys. This was a great match, actually. Yeah, they oh they kick they beat the shit out of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Alex and Moonshine uh, advance. Yeah, uh, and then we go into what. Uh, I think um, definitely made well yeah fucking I'm gonna say it I think it over delivered I think it made up for the first one and it was just a phenomenal match Ricky Starks and Andy Dalton two out of three falls well, that's, the, that's the thing this isn't even the well this is this isn't this is the second match involving a title but there had been a phenomenal barn burner match that uh, Ricky and Andy had had uh, prior to their meeting uh, for the title. Yeah, where the title early on. Yeah, we talked about it. Was very early on, and the thing that really pissed me off was that match was so fucking phenomenal that the fans remembered it. Yeah, the fans were excited about part two, and we we fucking thumbed our nose at the fans who were expecting this just explosive match. Yeah, we didn't get it, but here we make up for it. We play off the promo. Ricky comes out as the best two out of two out of three falls match, (laughs) Um, and I think what. Don't they jump Ricky at the start of it? Yeah. And that leads to, like, the bell ringing and Andy gets that first pin, I believe. I, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. We creatively did a lot of really cool shit yep. here, man. Um, but even though Andy with things kind of 
you know, tilted, you know, comes up short. Yeah. And you, you remember the finish, right? I do. Yeah. But uh, Ricky and Andy kind of have a moment where they kind of, you know, bury the hatchet themselves. Yeah. They shake hands. And this <laughs> creates um, some bad mojo <laughs> uh, between Tim and, and, and Vega, who are obviously Andy's stablemates who had helped him, you know, get that first pin or whatever. And they come in. And they just beat the shit out of Andy. They're yeah. just like, how the you, hell are you shaking hands with this guy? Also, how could you not get the job done with us literally handing this to you? Yeah. So Andy just gets his ass beat. The crowd just develops this huge wave of sympathy for Andy. They've, they've just seen him go to hell and war with Ricky. Ricky has endorsed Andy. People are already there to cheer for him. And it is just such a fucking badass moment. <laughs> like, And just Andy's there. Andy's there, and people are just yeah. like, "Oh, you motherfucker!" Yeah, you know? and uh, I think um, I think that that was uh, that was our intermission break uh, coming up. Yeah, had yeah. had to have been. Um, so we're we're back from intermission, and we go into uh, Vega and Tim Storm controversy versus Donovan Danhausen and Terrell Tempo, a kind of surprise yeah. team that has won the hearts of our fans. Do, yeah, they had great chemistry out yes, the back too. This was a shame that it was was not meant to be. Yeah. Um but yeah, uh controversy picks up the victory over Tempo and Danhausen. Um I think we've really elevated both of them in their performance in this tournament. People really hate Vega and Tim for going yeah. over on on Donovan and Terrell. We knew in our hearts too that that pairing would be really uh, over like gangbusters. And when you just have these two guys who had turned on somebody people were ready yeah. to cheer for, and they come out and they steal it from <laughs> this, this fan favorite duo, we really put a rocket and sent these guys into the, the den of hell. They are, yeah. <laughs> they are, they are the devil, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and now they are for sure. They are one half of the final. So yeah. we know that Tim and uh, Davey are are in the finals. Yeah, okay. And so we continue our story. And, of course, Matt has proceeded after beating the Unholy Complex. And uh, he is going up against Reigns and Mantell, which is an insurmountable yeah. odd, if you really think about it. <clears throat> and I remember Reigns and Moonshine being very unhappy about being put in this, this situation. Yeah. But really what happens is Matt Matt gets toyed with. He's he's had a lot taken out of him because uh, Unholy Complex also jumped him after his match and really beat the crap yeah. out of him. But he's beat down. He's just really myrtleized. Yeah, <laughs> that word. And uh, and they're they're just kind of fucking with him. They're they are they are the the uh, the predators toying with their food. Yeah. And at some point in this match, Palmer is just he's just never say die. Yeah. There are a few false finishes. He's beaten, and he's just still picking himself up off the mat and then out from the curtain runs Andy Dalton yeah. <laughs> a man who Palmer fucking despises yeah. and he jumps up on the apron and extends his hand suggesting that let's do this together and Matt just looks at him just like oh fuck you in fact I think that's what Matt even yeah. says to him when he sees him he goes fuck you but Matt keeps going yeah. Matt keeps pushing and he's not tagging in Andy and Andy is just just begging for the hot tag and eventually Matt just he just takes something really devastating and he kind of falls into Andy yep. and tags his hand. <laughs> Andy jumps in the fresh man and cleans house and of course gets the pin 
And so Matthew and Andy proceed to the main event against Tim Storm and Davey Vega. And it is a great fucking moment. The fans went nuts. And it was such a great self-contained... I mean, a lot happens in this show. Yeah. But it's it's all self-contained and it plays out really beautifully, I think. Yes. Yeah, it, it awesome tournament storytelling. And, you know, we made the comment earlier, everyone loves a tournament. And I think the reason why... You have a tournament, every match has stakes, right? It's clear, you don't even have to you don't even have to tell it. Everyone knows. This match means something, right? But then when you add in these story elements, it just takes it to the next level. Right. Yeah. And then you that's what's really cool for creative people in wrestling. Yeah. For to have a tournament where you can tell a story through the whole tournament. A complete a self contained yeah. story. But anyway, you have you have Dalton who has this newfound thirst for vengeance against yeah. his former stablemates who completely turned on him. And Palmer is his in. Yeah. And these are two guys that do not like each other. Yeah. But I'm, they have chemistry yeah. like and, hell. And everything is set up, right? Dalton's first chance to get back at these guys. Mm-hmm. He has this opening. Palmer doesn't have a partner. He knows that if he gets in and they win this match, they're in the finals and he gets to get a hold of these guys. Just fucking... Everything perfect. Masterful. Anyway, let's go into something that is the opposite <laughs> of masterful. So, this is the last shreds of the Stroud women booking. Yeah, and we, we're gonna get we're gonna get into that, every, dude. Every fucking episode after people listen, I get at least five people going. When did you decide? <laughs> To, like the people are like at this point going like what the fuck how long does it take you guys to get your fuck oh how, how long God. does it take to get 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 this guy out of your hair yeah um like or why did you tolerate him for so long I mean I feel stupid telling these <laughs> stories most of the time because yeah but yeah anyways, it's like what we're doing there was um, still always like I will say this amongst all of us we all had different things that we were dealing with and we we still kind of embraced everybody that worked with us to make these shows happen as family yes and you don't always love family you know yeah. Anyway, tell tell people you have more insight. I I think honestly, what happened was actually I think I'm gonna say this. I think it was my modification of what he wanted because I yeah. honestly think that the I think that the way that this went was I said no, we're doing this instead. Yeah, there there was the idea to stretch this out an extra show or God Several. knows more. Yeah. with the Lady Void and. We'll, we'll get to it. It's two matches. Let's just cover it all together. So, Doom is on this hot ride from the Angelus Lane match, right? So, I think he wanted to sneak in a Doom title shot. We're going to Jessica James here, right? Yeah. So, but, but also, and a lot of, like, this was on paper, but it really kind of kills Doom. It yeah. Buries, it buries her a little yeah, bit. It doesn't help her. No. Because she's on fire. And now we're going to have her lose to Vader. And I said I didn't want to see yeah. this. I said it. I said it emphatically. I said I think this is a dumb idea. And he was just like, "Well, this is what we're doing." And I'm like, "Okay, yeah. well, you're just you're fucking you're fucking throwing a bucket of ash on her fucking heat." Dude. Yeah. And and it wasn't like we had to do it to get her on the card because she was in the tag match mm-hmm. earlier. So and and for the maybe it's fucking like um, blocking out trauma here, but I can't remember why the fuck we would have done this. Like it just, I don't know. Um, I should have I should have helped you put a fucking foot down on this and stop this from happening. It might have even been an open challenge thing. I, and it, it was. Yeah. But there was no reason we could have just had 
you know lady well, void was she, out there as like a manager she keeps saying the like the thing is veda's story is that she is avoiding jessica yeah and so she's just she's just skirting around her yeah and veda of course has her lawyer guy uh her male valet yeah and uh she has this lady void character who's <clears throat> her plant her yeah her 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 handpicked adversary, but also kind of her hench person. Yeah. Um, and in this instance, I believe what happened was Veda was like, uh, like, oh, I'm going to do an open, an open challenge thing. And and Doom answers it right. Yeah. Story storyline yeah, wise. Doom answers it. That's why we did this. And uh, of course, uh, she what? she cheats to beat Doom. Yeah. And then, in celebration, wants to give the crowd a little bit extra and have another match with Lady Void, which the first match was a complete sham, right? Yeah. So, the idea is this is going to be another complete sham. They toy around a little bit. Lady Void all of a sudden starts wrestling very differently and kicks Vader's ass. Kicks her ass and pins her. Uh, she pulls off the mask to reveal that it's Jessica James. She's won the XXD title at this point and it is, taken off. It of is it. definitely, I think. I think. Um, yeah, yeah. This definitely just it just dragged out too long. I mean, but yeah. the, the change got a big a big reaction. People were happy to see Jessica have the yes. belt. I think people were fucking tired of this shit. Yes, but so like it got kind of like that, you know, go away pop. <laughs> yes, you know what I mean. And that's um, what what really sucks for that is that, and we've kind of talked about this, right? So Brandon would present these ideas like Veda was presenting them. Yeah, and it was not good ideas, and it was not Veda was basically flying in to do almost nothing, right? And she felt really bad about this. She came to me, actually. Yeah. We talked about this. I think I even touched upon it in one show. Yeah. And she was kind of like, wait, you're not doing the girls' stuff? And I said, no. And she said, why do all the boys get to do all this really cool shit yeah. and the girls don't? It was very much presented like that. And I said, I don't really have a hand in doing any of the women's shit. I mean, like, if I if I, if I I did, you'd be doing very different stuff. And she said, I just want to come in and wrestle. You yeah. know, I can actually wrestle, right? And I yeah. said, I do. And I really like you. And I think that you deserve a lot better. But unfortunately, you know, this is my hands are tied. Yeah. And this is where we kind of started to figure out like, oh, wait, no, this is just stupid shit Brandon wants to do. Yeah. Because he made it sound like it was really all Veda pitching and pushing. And the thing is, is that she was like, yeah, this sucks. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, you don't like this idea? And she was like, no. And my initial thought was this fucking carny. Right? <laughs> like, I love you, Veda, if you're listening. Right? I was like, this carny is sitting here manipulating this fucking guy, Stroud. <laughs> and it, you know, it ended up being the other way around. Right. Yeah. It's like, she doesn't want to fucking do anything and she's still getting flown. And, you know, I think she gave us a discount yeah. rate and all this stuff. A lot of our shit, a lot of our shit was, uh, yeah. honestly, a lot of the way that, it went with Stroud was he would say this is what we're doing and he would wait very long to get our get his ideas into yeah. us because I know so, I think so he, that we couldn't argue with it yeah but it it always came down to the day of where I see him kind of playing with his GI Joes and I'd have to go oh give me that shit and kind of like yeah. fix everything you know like that's that's kind of the way it went and there's no fu- if he ever tries to argue that shit. I posit the general body of Inspire Pro's booking, which I happen to stand by firmly, to prove that I was the superior writing talent in that company as opposed to him. Biss and I, more collaborative. We kind of rein each other in. But that dude, 
That dude, for a guy that wrote about wrestling and talked about how much money he earned writing about wrestling, holy shit. What a fucking clown shoe. He was bad at writing it. Anyway, moving right along. That's a whole nother rant that we've been on a million times, right? Yeah. Um, What really sucked about this was Veda wanted this good banger match with Jessica. Yeah. And we just, we were at, we had the crowd, there was no appetite from the crowd for it. So we almost had to, we had to make this quick turn. And then I think we did a, we gave them some time at Fun 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 Fest. But it just, we never really were able to pay off this feud for as much bullshit as the girls had to go through to get to this point. But the crowd wasn't, the crowd wasn't interested in consuming that. So off we went. And, and honestly, I think the, the fun, fun, fun shows were treated like such a kind of just, they were kind of like a, like a treat. They weren't really, you could, you, they weren't your normal crowd. Yeah, and so you were basically just trying to create fun moments that would maybe entice somebody to come see what you were doing yeah. outside of that. And of course, you could do little fun things that you could sell to people on the internet. Yeah. But for the most part, like you weren't going to have Veda come back and have a kick-ass match with <laughs> Jessica in the middle of a fucking park in the middle of the day when everybody's fucking tired and hungover and shit. Yeah. No one was going to do that. It was a, it was a you know a commercial. Yeah, You're... and also kind of like a curtain jerk thing. You know, yeah. we were there to kind of get people rolling in and and whatnot. Yeah. Um. So we get to our finals, you know, we've built, yeah. built all the way to this, um, Tim Storm and Davey Vega taking on Matthew Palmer and Andy Dalton. And this is shit hot. Yeah. This, there is so much just tension and violence. And I mean, you know, wrestling is by nature about, you know, competitive fighting. But, uh, when I say violence, I mean, there is a palpable ugliness to them beating the shit out of each other. <laughs> and, um, this is a great match and it's not only, it's not only dark and mean, but it's fun. Yeah. And of course this, we knew at this point that we didn't have our belts. Yeah. And so we knew that there would be no inauguration. And so we thought, eh, you know what? Let's schmoz this. And we've got these guys that we're hoping we can kind of build into this potential, marriage with Darren Childs maybe coming in because at this point Ricky was actually pretty convinced that he could talk yeah he could talk Darren into showing up um which was not to be but what happens in the middle of this match is uh Unholy Complex runs out and jumps into the match and it just goes berserk and it is it is a great a great moment even though it's like kind of like a a moment where you know everything falls apart and you don't get that you don't get that actual like title match uh finish that you want it's so chaotic that yeah you know it's 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 still satisfying and, yeah and so a couple questions that have come up right were there long-term plans for dalton and palmer um sort of yeah but not not as long as what we usually do right it was more uh just kind of a contained story in this and then some some follow-up right um, and a vehicle to turn Dalton face. But I don't think there was ever a plan for them to become this like long-term unit. There right? was, there was for me something in the back of my head, Yeah. but it was more to just create another trio stable where they kind of flirted with each other and moved in and out of each other's circles yeah. and occasionally came to each other's aid. You know, they became allies, but they weren't going to necessarily always be married because the whole, the whole comedy of Dalton and Matt being together is that, Matt fucking hates Andy. Yes. And the whole thing was that Andy loves Matt and Matt hates Andy, <laughs> yep. but still there's like kind of like, 
you know, Matt kind of treats Andy like the dog that shits on the carpet, you know, yeah. like even though the dog shits on the carpet, you still love the dog and you just kind of clean up the mess. <laughs> that was supposed to be the dynamic there. But I also had this, this thing where I, in the back of my head, I really wanted to marry Dalton, Matt and Delilah Doom together yeah. in, in a trio. But that just, it just never, it never yeah. happened. It never came to be. Yeah. You, what, what you guys kind of saw with the dynamic between Matt and Dalton, I think is, was the general idea. Yeah. Right? So it was just, it was just something that you kind of could build off of and fuck with, but yeah. it was, you know, there, I think anything that you see, we probably have fucking like five year ideas for in the back of our heads. Yeah. But like, it, you know, so whenever you ask, like, was there long term ideas? Yeah, there always are. But you, you always have to be ready to kind of roll with the punches. Yeah, which is which is to me creatively why this exercise is so pivotal. It makes you think on your toes. Yeah. Um, so basically. With the schmas, we set up uh, Controversy versus the Unholy Complex versus Dirty Magazines for an actual title match, a, a three-way uh, tornado match, I think, or something yeah. like that. Uh, and uh, there was a lot of pushback on that match. Yeah. Uh, but I, 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 you know, that that gets built up for the next show. So um, let's touch on that that um, real quick too. There was the question of, you know, why not pull the trigger on? Matt and Dalton that night feel good moment and then have them drop to um, Tim and Vega later on down the road. Um, there was no uh, belt though. There were no yeah, belts. That's there was like, no belts to do number yeah. one, right? It would have made us look bushly. So, and the, the other issue becomes that it, it we're establishing um, Davey and Tim as the tag champs. So to do a quick hot potato change right off the back, I don't think would have helped out. Nope. So just to, uh, yeah, to put I, that out there. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but anyway, yeah, this to me set up something that was pretty hot on the horizon. We have Ricky kind of trying to broker a deal between Darren and us, which doesn't happen. And we're bringing in Jason Silver, which I said I would never <laughs> fucking do. And I, I did, I eventually like relented because at the end of the day, it's about doing stuff that's entertaining. And so sometimes if you have an issue with somebody, you just kind of put it aside and you, and you, and you walk the path and do shit that you know will be fucking good and rewarding, right? Um, unfortunately, it didn't quite work out that way. No. Uh, so, yeah, a, a week after we meticulously mopped up <laughs> Marquesa Hall, we find ourselves rolling through the gates of, uh, of yeah. our, a large city park where multiple stages are set up and... Uh, we are ready to do fun, fun, fun. And we're going to kind of keep this curt because a lot yeah. of that stuff, it, 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 it was fun, but it wasn't really pivotal that we go into it. But yeah. um, we're going to touch on some stuff that occurred. One of the, one of the more important things that we, we did was we kind of had, we had a match between Steve-O and Tempo uh, that was phenomenal. And it ends with Steve-O taking a shortcut and throwing some gravel in Tempo's eyes to get the win because he just can't put the guy away. And this is something that we touch on and build to, and we have Tempo and Steve-O just really not getting along for the better part of, I think, a year because of this one match. Yeah. But also it starts to kind of show that Steve has a dark side. and Yeah, we start to touch on yeah. more of the uh, the edge to Steve-O. Um, I will also say that behind the scenes, on the first day that we did this, uh, I had a really bad argument with Steve-O. And I'm, I'm sure I'm going to hear back from him when he talks to me about this but he was fuming and he didn't really feel like we were using him to the best of his potential 
And he was basically just just upset. I think what he wanted was a belt, which, yeah. whatever. I hate that shit, you know. Because if you look at what Steve-O accomplished in our company, he was continually used in ways that made him a focal point, that made him important. And uh, I think we were like, we really were fucking pissed at each other that day. Yeah. Uh, that was that was a, that was a bad moment, but that that you know, it's something that we kind of had to re- revisit and kind of argue about a lot because Steve-O really feels like <clears throat> he doesn't he doesn't feel like he gets noticed. Yeah, he feels well, like you know. What's weird? He was not on Tag Gate, so I wonder if that was fuel for that. But he had just come off of main eventing Battle Wars too. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so. absolutely. He but he was he, he was mad at me about a bunch of shit. But to be frank with you, I don't think we could have given him any more than we, we had. Uh, and I honestly, I think I said to him like, you know, you'll eventually get to these points where you, you were holding titles. But the point is that it has to mean something. You can't just like jump onto it. And I think once you get it and once you taste it, the crowd will be there with you. I said, if you look at your history and the trajectory of just you and this company, everything flows, man. And, uh, I think you finally got that, but still we've had moments where he's just pissed you know, pissed at, pissed at me, pissed at the company. Um, yeah. Not, and, you know, to be fair, not always a Steve-O thing. There's multiple workers <clears throat> that kind of go through these these phases. No, right? no, no, no. Not just Steve-O, but to me, Steve-O is prominent because I also feel yeah. like he catches a lot of shit from other people. I feel, yeah. like, I feel like he has, like, a lot of insecurity uh, buried within him that a lot of other people around him have, have uh, inspired. People and and people prey on. To, yeah, people tend to kind of pick on him and exploit him, I think, and I think that's bullshit. But yeah, he just really needs to understand that he is the master of himself, and he's he's an incredible talent, man. You yep. know, um, he's had ups and downs, and he has his demons. But Steve uh, is is a linchpin character in our yeah. company. He he is Mister Inspire Pro. He is. You know. Um, so, uh, we also have to touch on uh, depression. Yes. There's a, there's a battle royal where we do this congressional Medal of Honor thing yep. where people get like a, a shot at any title that they want. And this is Depression's last appearance for a while, and it's absolutely the last time that we see uh, the man who uh, gener- who portrayed Depression up mm-hmm. to this point in the company. So uh, can we say who it is? Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's Ricky Romita. Ricky um, Romita, who was, you know, in ACW doing stuff too. Yeah. Um, Big but, Ricky. Yeah. Um, we, so he was having a lot of back problems, I believe. Yeah. Um, Ricky, he, he worked multiple jobs, right? Um, Tough ones. Yeah. Not easy on the body, right? Um, so, yeah, he was having issues with his back. I think he, he injured it in the Battle Royal that we had as yeah, well. Like, and you see the, aggravated the, it. There's a point where I think. I think the strangler like throws a ball yeah. out and he was supposed to go over the top, but he rolls out through the middle rope. And a lot of people called us on that, yeah, which surprised me. Yeah. And so we came up with this shot of depression wading into town. Like, yeah. Um, and it's just kind of, you just see him and his shoulders and the yeah. bag, the bag mask kind of like bobbing in the, in the waves. Um, and we kind of did a little, you know, supplementary online story about it. Yeah. And that was the end of that. Yeah. Um, he just, he just physically, he, the, the back injury became extremely severe um, in the the year after, but yeah, he just physically couldn't do it anymore. You know. Yeah. So that was unfortunately the end of that, and <clears throat> we later would revisit depression, but yeah. that that was the end of the day. But also, 
we're going to conclude this episode uh, in discussing <laughs> the nail in the coffin yeah. of Brandon Stroud. Uh, this is a really important thing, and I'm not going to go into the identity of the person in question. Yeah. Um, but this was this, something happened during these three days that ultimately led to Stroud departing the company. And it's a pretty dark story. Yes. But it was a, one moment where I was like, nah, this is the fucking limit. You need to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Um, so Stroud was walking around with a female worker uh, in our company, and there was a large Shinerbach display. It was a big silver smoking skull, and uh, the, the, the person he was walking around with asked for him to take a photo of her, her with it, and so he took her phone, and as he had her phone, he was kind of jumbling with it and acting like he was having trouble getting it working. And, yeah. and the, 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 the woman in question um, was really, she was like, what are you doing? Just give me my phone back. You know? yeah. And he was like saying, do you have my phone number? And she'd go, yeah, I don't know. And he's like, oh, well, I'm going to enter that. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So long story short, what happens is uh, this, this episode, you know, it happens she doesn't really think much of about it, just that he was being odd with her phone. Fast forward to uh, the following week, and yeah. I get a call from this person, and she tells me, "Hey, I don't, you know, I don't know how to how you want to address this, um, but uh, Stroud got a hold of my phone at Fun 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 Fest and went into my personal picture bank and her, and and had sent himself some photos of her that were uh, they were fitness photos, but they were nude photos basically, yeah. and uh, her photo bank worked so that whatever photo had been sent out most recently, it got bumped to the top. And yeah. these photos were fairly old, so she knew that they had been accessed and actually kind of sent out. And when she checked her data provider, she found out that, yeah, these had been sent to Stroud on yeah. that day. And uh, I was really alarmed. I was really embarrassed and upset. And uh, Biss and I got on it. I didn't know how she really wanted to address it, but the one thing that she told me was that she didn't really want to be publicized. She didn't want this to become a thing that defined her. You know, we yeah. didn't have a lot of obstacles to overcome. We see we see what happened with the call out movement that just recently ravaged independent and, and professional wrestling in the last in the last year. Um, she didn't want to be defined by by this invasion of her privacy. She didn't yeah. want to be attached to Brandon Stroud, uh, have her name be the one that, you know, that circulated with the story. And so we didn't talk about it at the request of privacy by the victim. We very much just took Stroud, said, hey, you did this thing. We know you did it. It was fucked up. We can't work with you anymore. And that was the end of that. Yeah. He finally kind of shot himself in the foot. And uh, since then, a lot of other allegations have come out about who he is and what he does. And uh, they run pretty dark and pretty deep from just him assaulting people who uh, are chemically impaired um, to, you know, just just him being very manipulative and abusive toward people. And uh, we saw a big taste of that. But, you know, yeah. because, you know, um, I mean, he was really predatory toward women in our county. Yeah. And, and uh, that was the end of that. Yeah. And this was... You know, after this takes place, then things start filtering back to us, right? Yeah. So we started hearing back things. I heard that he was inappropriate with um, other workers that he brought in, yep. um, which I had not been made aware of. Had I been yeah. made aware of them sooner, 
Yeah. Shit would have been done. So, and this is a, you know, we, at this point we check in because he was hosting certain female talents. Um, so from the ones that I've been able to reach out to, you know, we, sometimes they had issues. Sometimes they didn't. We were able to address that, but it just, it makes you feel fucking horrible. Cause when you bring these people in, you know, just put yourself in the mindset of a, a traveling uh, wrestler, right? You're, you're in a strange place. You're in some place new. Um, and you don't know if the people are going to take care of you. So I've always wanted to make sure that whoever we brought in felt warm, felt comfortable and safe. And the fact that we had somebody that we thought we could trust, we could trust to do that was not actually I doing mean, that. I think we thought he was an asshole, but I don't think we thought that he was, you know, yeah, we, I mean, from our perspective, when we, when we meet him, he's, you know, the apartment that he's sharing, he's, he's at, he's sharing with his longtime girlfriend. Yeah. So we, we don't think there's going to be an issue here. We think that everything's on the up and up and, um, it's just, it makes you sick to your fucking stomach yeah. when you, you realize this <clears throat> is what this is. A lot of the, and then a lot of the allegations, even based on what he did here, um, which Sh- I think was shocking. Just, yeah, just absolutely just hor- shocking. Horrific. Um, but had we any inkling of how bad things were, um, this the, he would he would have been long gone. Yeah. Uh, and it's 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 really troubling to kind of sit sit here and reflect on it. Yeah. I I I hate to say this publicly, but um, there probably would have been physical violence involved. No, uh, I agree. You know, with not just us, but other people that were not happy with how he acted in other ways. Oh, there, um, there were people that actually really wanted to kill him. Yeah. But I honestly, I, I will say, I will say this. Uh, I mean, a, like a lot of the offenses didn't occur on our time. Yeah. There were a lot of things that he was doing outside of her company for himself, obviously. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, there yeah. were things that we had no control over. <clears throat> things that yeah. he did in his personal life that were that were just pitch black. Yeah. Uh, I hear he's in Oregon now. Yeah. And uh, poor Oregon. Yeah, and he's got some other girl that he's cajoled into thinking that he's a victim. Yeah. But uh, you know, don't believe the hype. I I, I kind of I kind of anticipate any day now that he's going to show up uh, under some moniker like Brandina and start writing yeah. for somebody else. But you know what, man? I got to say this: fuck up rocks. Yeah. Uh, fuck Brandon Stroud and fuck any sympathizers. That's all I can really say. Like they knew that there were some really bad things going on with him over at up rocks. And in fact, when things popped up on message boards over there, they would curtly delete them. Yes. Um, but that came after our time with him. So anyway, that's like, that's, that's the end of that. There, there may be like one off references to Stroud like or, or jokes at his expense that come up. But for the most part at this point, there is no Stroud. Yeah, there. We we did the math today. There's been more shows run without Stroud than there was with him. Yeah, like we're past that point. Uh, I hate the fact that he's on our part of the history. Yeah. It is what it is. Um, there's little things that he did back then that annoy the fuck out of me. Like for example, anytime he reads the Twitter handle, he has to make a little dig at the fact that it's Res instead of wrestling. You know, little shit like that that didn't help but annoy the fuck out of me. And what he did 
with us was was bad enough as it is. Um, but there's a lot of people that ask, you know, why why haven't you just publicly torched him? I I hope that you guys understand. Um, we we have to protect the identity of the witness. And well, not only that, but I I think that. I think that he's buried himself enough. And I think that I don't want to come across as simply virtue signaling and using the trauma of the victims that he has encountered or produced in order to get ourselves over. I know this this is, there have been moments where Biss goes, okay, can we comment on this? And I say, no, because it's not necessary. And I I think that a lot of people use that to put themselves over. And I definitely feel dirty doing that. We've addressed it here. We've talked about it. And if anybody asks me, as they have in the past, I will tell you what happened. And, you know, just like I told you now, you know, we know what happened. We got rid of him and we dealt with it swiftly. And we have instituted something where if a girl feels uh, uncomfortable in our environment, in fact, if anybody feels uncomfortable in our environment, come talk to us. We will deal with it swiftly. We are not a perfect company, but we do our best and our hearts are in the right place. We're on your side. Yep, absolutely. Not perfect people, but... God damn it, we'll, we'll make it right as soon as we can. Absolutely. Anyway, uh, sorry to end this on such a dark <laughs> note. <laughs> but, uh, Cobb. but yeah, we'll, we'll be back uh, next week where we discuss Ecstasy of Gold 3. The, the show where I finally bring in one of my indie heroes. Right? Yeah. Really cool. All right. Well, we'll see you then, <laughs> and uh, thanks for joining us.